On this episode, we come to Charity Water and get deep. And this is episode 210 of the Ask Gary V Show. I'm excited about this one, India. Mm-hmm. We have a phenomenal guest, a dear friend of mine for a very long time. Uh, I know a lot of you in the Vayner Nation will know the organization and this fine looking gentleman as well. But Scott, for all the people at home that don't know, uh, who are you? Yeah. And then tell us a little bit about where we are and what you do. And then India, we will get into the show. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. I'm feeling good. It's a nice day in New York. Sure, man. Uh, Charity Water, uh, based here in Tribeca, New York City. Uh, we've been at it for about 10 years, trying to make sure every single person on earth drinks clean water. And unfortunately- And for the people that are undereducated, yeah. uh, like I used to be before we ran into each other, how many of those people exist that don't have clean water? So there are 663 million people living around the world without access to clean water. So it's about one in every 10 or 11 people on the planet. And uh, yeah, this is a challenging issue because no one faces this problem here. You know, our kids don't drink dirty water, our moms don't walk eight hours with 40 pounds of nasty water in their back. So it is, it is a really foreign problem to us, but it's, uh, it's real, uh, it exists, and it affects you know, about a tenth of the planet. And when did Charity Water begin? So and, almost and 10 years ago, okay. uh, on my 31st birthday uh, in September, September 7th, so we're coming up on our 10th anniversary. And it began because I saw this problem. Um, you know, he, you and I actually grew up uh, very close to each other. So in County, baby. I, uh, I moved to the city at 18 or 19, you know, con- rebelling against a very conservative Christian upbringing, and I found my way into nightlife. So I basically he's gonna, lost a decade. He's, he's going to underplay this. <laughs> this guy is a legend amongst legends in that world. So I got people drunk for 10 years uh, and got very, very good at the, the velvet rope and the one-way glass and the great DJs and all the right people in the party. and. Um, had picked up pretty much every vice that you can imagine short of heroin after a decade of partying and just hit kind of bottom of the top, realized that I had become the worst person I knew. Uh, it was a morally you bad were unable. You were unable to look around and say, that guy is worse than me. No, it was, that's, that is actually <laughs> true. Like, I was the oh. worst guy. People don't believe this. Like, I, I, oh, you I, know, I have to go find old footage and, you know, I'm like, I find these old emails sometimes that I wrote and I'm just like, what an what like yeah. what a jerk I was. Um, I remember once, I mean, this really, this is horrible. I remember like someone <laughs> delivered food once. Um, whatever version of Cos, I think it was Cosmo.com back okay. in the day. Yes. And someone delivered something and they asked me to sign it and I didn't have, they didn't have a pen. And I spent like five minutes yelling at them right. for not having you a really pen. Did. Like, do, you know, there's, there's only one thing that you need to do, which is bring a pen. How, I was that so guy. You got I was to, that guy. you got to a real bad place. I got to a really bad place. And so by thankfully, bottom, you sprung up to a totally different version so of yourself. So big life change. Uh, came back to faith, but but really interested in service and service to the poor and 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 kind of living the opposite values that I was living my life of selfishness and decadence. And I made a radical change. I sold everything I owned down to my DVD collection. I put it up on a lot in eBay, like fifteen hundred <laughs> DVDs. Yep. And I, uh, it was I big tech back then, kids. You know, it was, uh, <laughs> give up all your apps. <laughs> 
I've edited multiples. So, uh, and then I wound up uh, tr you know, imagining what would the opposite of my life look like, and that would be service to the poor, serving someone else except myself. I'm gonna and jump in here for a second in the context of the business show, and for a lot of you that are, you know, this man helped me change the way I viewed, I'll never forget it, told oh, me wow. like, you know, you know, Gary, you're gonna be the kind of guy who's gonna do really well, and then in your older years, you're gonna deploy that wealth and do good things. Why don't you just start doing it now? Completely changed, not only the way I give, but the, a lot of things in my life, and it, it's a, very few people have been able to penetrate me and change me in any way, and you guys hear that all the time. I don't even talk about my parents' lack of ability to, at times, do that. So, um, what I find most fascinating about that, and this is for all of you entrepreneurs and hustlers, because I know you watch, the skills that made him the best at getting the hottest models, and the best bottles, and the best places, and the best DJs, he has been able to bring that marketing, that charisma, that operation skills to a world of good. And I've been blown away and intrigued. That's why I've also gotten involved in, in, in pop and pencils of promise and other things. Show me people that have the skills that would work in the profit sector and deploy them in the nonprofit cause, NGO, whatever you want to call it sector, and you'll show me a place that I'm more intrigued by because it's got that entrepreneurial DNA hustlership. Watching you navigate over the last decade, getting the people together that have become involved in this organization, it's all the same skills that so many of you are trying to attract to deploy for success for yourselves and for the ones that are watching, like myself, that you've gotten into a place uh, where maybe you've scratched some of those itches mm -hmm. and you wanna do other things with your life. Now whether that is for cause or things of that nature or who the heck, for your family members, whoever, Understanding deploying that same energy and DNA against the new mission at hand, I've watched you build this organization from afar with your amazing team and so many of the tactics, the strategies, the executions yeah. um, are predicated on things that are tried and true in entrepreneur land and, and nightclub culture and things of that nature. Startup land. It was story time. I mean, for 10 years I told the story that your life had meaning if you got past the velvet rope and you were sitting with the pretty girls and the pretty boys and you were popping $500 bottles of champagne or at a table where that was happening. Yes. So that was you know, the wrong story yes. for my life. It took me to a really dark place. And I've been fortunate to be able to tell a different story. That you know, if you are generous, if you are compassionate, if you show empathy for others, if you live your life in service, in your time and your talent and your money, in the service of others, then your life has more meaning. And that you find, you know, you find freedom actually um, outside of the selfishness. Like when you serve others, there is a freedom that comes with that. And I was fortunate to find my way out. So long story short, I sell everything. I try to apply to humanitarian organizations. And of course, no one will take me. Because they're, like, they're serious people. Yes. Like, these are like serious people with suits and degrees. And <laughs> they've come out of you know huge UN agencies yes. and the World Bank. And you so I cannot get a, I can't get a volunteer job. And then finally, one organization said if I paid them $500 a month and I was willing to go live in Liberia, on a hospital ship, I could volunteer. And I was very fortunate to see that I could turn the 15,000 people on my club list that I'd gotten drunk for a decade and just tell them a new story. And they wanted to help. So I'm running around with a camera talking about the problems that we're seeing, the people that were sick, the, the intervention of these doctors who were transforming lives. And then I stumbled upon this water problem. And we were with all, we saw sickness everywhere. You know, doctors were leaving their vacations behind and instead coming to operate and to take care of sick people in Liberia. But yet half the country didn't have clean water. So I'm like, well, 
If 50% of the people in the country are drinking from swamps and ponds and rivers, how come no one is talking about this? You know, how come the biggest water-only organization in the country 10 years ago is raising 15 million bucks a year? Yep. And that's really, I, I found water through health. I later learned it impacts education, it impacts uh, the local economy, it gives time back to women. I mean, water is this amazing, amazing foundational thing. But at the time, it was just like, well, people are going to be sick if they are drinking dirty water. And in fact, 53% of all disease throughout the developing world is because of bad water and lack of toilets. So you get to play doctor to half of the sick people in the world. So it was a compelling issue for me. Um, I'm still at it 10 years later. I'm proud of you, brother. You've done some really great work. We'll get into more of that work, but India, I think, for the people that are looking for some questions and answers that have hit us up on Twitter. Let me just say, on your idea, for people that are listening, yes. you know, that idea of giving while you're building it, yes. it's, it's the traditional it's model was the Buffett model, it's, right? It's, Make all this money, and then, you know, in your old wise age, give it all away. Yes. The fun that he missed out on, He's probably having fun now watching Gates spend some of his money. Like you get to live vicariously 100%. through all these organizations yep. you support. And I know you've also supported with Thought Capital. And I've asked you for introductions before. So even more than money. I mean, I would encourage anyone listening to find something. You know, you don't have to be able to write a huge check, but don't wait until the end because the, the world is, for is a better for, place. For a small percentage that have been successful, the money is the easier part. The social equity of passing on a relationship, the sitting and planning and strategizing, the having drinks and navigating how you're navigating through the organization, mm -hmm. those are the real things. India, let's get into this very important show. Very important. Yes. First one from Taylor. Taylor asks, what's been the biggest key in establishing Charity Waters' story? How have you been able to connect so well? Oh man, I think the biggest key was understanding what people thought was wrong about cherries. Um, and I think that's true for a yes. lot of entrepreneurs. They start and say, what, what, what's, what problem you know, am I trying to solve? I apologize. For a lot of people, and there's so many youngsters, and these are things that maybe you just aren't aware of, one of the things that people start really worrying about is, wait a minute, if I give a dollar, why is the cause only getting 14 cents? Yep. Why is the thing only getting 31 cents? You start unwinding, wait a minute, big salaries, bureaucracy, mm -hmm. politics, you know, kickback, like really gnarly stuff. And, uh, and that is absolutely, you know, take it from somebody who came from very little, when you work your face off to amass what you have, if you're giving it away to things, you really want to feel good about where it's going. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people struggled with that. I would say that was an absolute pillar for you guys. And that was problem number one. So 42% of Americans don't trust charity. Like think about that. We have this amazing heritage, is this giving yes. country. We, we, we are a giving care, country. But almost half of the people that could give don't trust the system. And it's all around money. Yep. So that was really problem number I, I one. Don't, I don't trust the mainstream system. And a lot of people don't. I, so actually we, I actually have said this. I actually think you and two or three others, biggest impact ever is that you guys have become the cool versions for the next generation and every kid growing up right now wants to have an organization that's more transparent and that you guys will all solve and tackle and move the ball in your causes but your impact on all the 13 to 22 year olds right now that look up to the three or four organizations that are the most progressive um, that you have been at the forefront of, I think your impact is far greater on what you do to the entire landscape of NGOs than just the mission you have here. Well, that was the vision at the beginning was to reinvent charity. So most people just know us through the mission. Yep. And I believe those are very different. The mission is to give clean drinking water, make sure there's a day when we are not doing this interview talking about water. Right. Our kids 
who are about the same age are growing so, up and like next my team is not coming into their school showing pictures of kids drinking nasty water so that's the mission but you're right the vision was to do charity differently charity is a virtue and you know there's a lot of talk these days about like good businesses and right. you know to be there is a role and a place for pure philanthropic capital you know there are companies out there that are trying to solve the water crisis through selling bottled water they sell a $2.30 bottle of water and five cents goes. Okay, well, it's better just to get a bunch of people to give five cents or, you know, or instead of buying the water. So like, I'm, like I believe there's a place Like every for it. model, you have certain people that start with a good mission at hand where buy one, give one, and then every huckster comes along and here I want to raise $15 million for my umbrella company. Gary, good news for everybody who buys an umbrella, I'm going to give an umbrella to some kid that doesn't need it so it becomes tactics yeah. over religion but that was it so 100 percent of the public's money would be the way we'd solve it we would go find a group of visionary people who didn't distrust charity and we yep. would get them to fund the staff and the operations that we would have um that's a group of 110 people today many who have been on your show i know you and your wife have been long-term supporters of that but it's a very simple model there are two bank accounts 110 people pay for the overhead a million people have been able to give in a pure way so we say, you don't trust where the money's going? How about this, 100% of your money? We even pay back credit card fees. This costs us hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. So if someone were to give 100 Dear, bucks on their Amex. Because Lizzie and I, you can give your $17 and every one of the, I'm not joking, and every one of those pennies goes to- And we don't get 17, we get 1681. We right. actually take your money to make up the difference so that every dollar can go to the field. And then we just, tried to, cents, <laughs> we, we just tried to connect people to the impact that was having because money was not fungible, because these, audit, yes. these bank accounts were separate and they were audited separately, we could track dollars. So I could say to a kid, you know, to your daughter, you, yeah, she did she a birthday did. campaign, she can yeah. see the actual photos and GPS Before of we go projects. here, and I need to move this along, the birthday campaign. I don't want to miss it before we get into it. This was a monumental thing from afar, from a marketing standpoint. And we got lucky, we stumbled into it. But just to, instead of giving the full story, you can look this up and Google it, but give them at least what it is. People, instead of throwing a party or accepting gifts because we have enough crap and we get stuff we don't even need for our birthday and we don't so really need your parties. It's your 33rd birthday. You donate it and you ask for your agent dollars. Right, so you ask for your home, you send an email blast, a social media post, Instead of getting me a gift, give $33 to this. And seven-year-olds ask for $7, and 89-year-olds ask for $89. And, this is, and this has helped over a million people get well, water. I was just going to say, what has been the impact of this campaign? The average person raises $1,000 from 15 of their friends. So just right, imagine that idea. A million birthdays could be a billion dollars for clean water. Right, because not everybody gives just $33 on the 33rd birthday. Some, some add a zero. Yep. Some give three bucks right. 30 cents. But every dollar goes, and then everybody who's the first where person it goes. So I was birthday number one on my 32nd, but then this seven-year-old kid in Austin starts knocking on doors and he raises 22 grand. And then we're like, holy <laughs> crap. And then Jack Dorsey did three birthdays and Will Smith did their birthday. And, and away we went. And, and away we went. And, and 89-year-olds, Nona Ween, gave up her 89th birthday and wrote a mission statement and said, you know, I'd like other people to have the chance to turn 89. Yeah, it's a really beautiful idea. Our birthdays can help other people actually have more birthdays. So, yeah, you can actually pledge charitywater.org slash birthdays, even if Link your birthday's a year from now. Um, you've done them. I've yeah. done seven now. Your kids, it's, yep. it's a great thing. Half birthdays. Half birthdays. I like yeah, that. Yeah, 26 dollars Are you going to raise $26.50? Yeah, why not? Done. You're right. Book it. Um, All right, actually, let's go. Actually, it's kind of segue to the next question from Clayton. Clayton asks... What should people look for in a charity to know that donations are going to a good cause? 
Uh, let's you know what? Let's go very utilitarian here because yep. I've got a hard stop. Go to charitynavigator.org. Um, this you can, this I love. Go ahead. You can, charitynavigator.org. You can you can check out a charity. However, overhead is is uh, I would I would go to charitynavigator and right. then I would go read uh, Dan Pilato's work. And Dan Pilato's um, main book uh, is uncharitable. So there's two things. You can get the numbers of how a charity spends its money, and you can create on, more cynicism by reading the book. And but no, you get a different view reading the book, yeah. saying that overhead is not bad. And that we've made overhead bad. We have overhead. 110 people cover it. Got it. So that, that looking at how much of your money, what we push for is transparency. I'm happy to give to a charity where 25 cents of my dollar might go to a smart team running good programs. I don't want 50% of my dollar. I don't want 90% of my dollar. Well, let me ask you that. But I want to know. Actually, let's take that because it's a slippery slope. If you know me very, very well. If I, like, if I said, I'm the marketing genius of a generation, but I need the other 17, I need D-Rock, and he's fancy now, he makes movies. Like, I need 50 cents a dollar, but I'm gonna kill it. Do you think you can wrap your head around that? In theory, you could, right? I mean, it's, it's so you know, Dan Pilata like, would, and that's, that is one camp that's 50% You may think that, I mean, you, you're so close to it that that feels so aggressive, but at some level, I, I, I guess the energy of it could be, the punchline is if you can feel that the overhead actually justifies the mission at yep. hand. But that's it. So the transparency is what we're pushing for. Yeah. So you might be willing to write a hundred thousand dollar check and have fifty grand go. Yes. The problem is so many people don't know how money's handled. That's right. But I may not be, or maybe you and I are both willing. But anyway, right. you're like, no, fifty cents is too much. It's the that, that's the only thing we've been pushing for. I'm not telling people to adopt the hundred percent model. It works for us. Um, because you're able the to establish I was trying to solve. well members that have covered. That's this. right, and people give for the first time. I hear all the time, this is the first charitable gift I've ever made in my life. I just heard it last week, I saw on Twitter, made the first charitable gift in my life. A, that's a little sad, but I, that's the kind of person I want who I, doesn't you know, trust. You know, I would argue it's not sad. I think back to that 42%, I was a grown man with a lot of thoughts and a very decent dude when we sat, forget about Omaha, downstairs, me, you, and Saka mm -hmm. at that pool place, and you said that statement, and it was right. And now and you have what? schools in your name. You have. And I mean, it was seriously. And, and, and not only that, to be honest with you, I've been able to impact other, not just this, and sit on boards and do other mm -hmm. things. Like it changed the way I thought about it. In the same way that it is my hope and dream that a 28-year-old hustler right now, who's made a couple bucks doing Snapchat filters because he got my advice 40 episodes ago to do that, says, you know what? I'm gonna donate $28 right now and give away my 29th birthday or whatever. And by the way, I don't judge. You do what you wanna do. You wanna be 90 and never give a dollar? Everybody does what they do. You're missing out. You can really have, it's fun. It's a blessing to give. I mean, this is like we were, we were taught this growing up. It is, it. you get to live vicariously through all of the good your time and your money is doing. It doesn't need to be charity water. I but, get it. You know, I guess. It's, it's, it's a blast. It's a blast. <laughs> Go ahead, India. Melissa asks, I do work in Uganda. After clean water, is creating sustainable jobs the best way to see impact? I think there are a bunch of pillars. People need You believe food. that once water is yeah. drilled, it opens up the whole gamut. I do, but jobs are incredibly important. Uh, shelter is important. Uh, food is important. Health is important. We've just started with water because I get to touch jobs. We hear these amazing stories of women who will use the time back in their day, specifically actually in Uganda sometimes, and they will sell rice at the market, they'll sell peanuts. I was in when Zambia. Says, by the way, we're going very quickly here. It's how we roll, it's how this show rolls, but I, I know my audience. Guys, when he says, gals, when he says time back, these are women who would walk three hours, because an hour there, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, to scoop up the mm -hmm. crap water, brown, brown, and then walk back. 
That's 40 billion hours are wasted just in Africa collecting water. I mean, you talk about the workforce. So yes, uh, they did a study, 88 page study out of the UN. Every dollar invested in water and sanitation makes the community four to eight times richer. It yields four to eight dollars. So jobs are incredibly important, and that's one of the things that's attractive to us about water. What's her name? Without the time. It's Melissa. Melissa, thanks for the work you do. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Let's um, move one it. more. Nayeli asks, what's the best way to fundraise for a church that is also a community center with limited resources? All right, so let's break out of our thing and go more holistic. Yeah. The show. One more time. What's the best, best way for that church? Best way for a church that is also a community center with very limited resources. Well, the best church campaign that ever happened was a church campaign. I don't know what kind of church she goes to, but this was a uh, pretty young hipster pastor in Seattle, and he was trying to show his community that they actually weren't, you know, over religious. So he threw a keg party, and he got the <laughs> local band, and he created a smoking section outside the church, and they raised over five hundred thousand dollars. Because the community wouldn't necessarily have given to the church, but he actually chose us because we were not a faith-based charity. He chose us to make a statement and say, look, our church community, we care about the world, we care about clean water, but we don't need to do it with strings. We don't need to do it with an agenda. So I think that's a, that, that message resonated powerful with the Seattle community. One of the things now we're trying to get entire churches to donate the birthday of every single person in the church, same thing. You know, your friends, Gary's not gonna give to my church community, but he would give to my clean water campaign. And it's, it's, it's a great way to kind of reach outside the walls and build bridges. I think it comes down, and it was brought up right from the beginning, it's storytelling, right? Like, what does your community care about? What is gonna compel them to donate? You understand the context of the people that are part of the church community. You need to understand the people that are outside the community. And I still believe in the context of this show, and there's many ways, but in the context of this show, I think, getting very aggressive around Snapchat and becoming the mm -hmm. best Snapchat player in a small town in South Carolina as a church and then going to the local newspaper to write an article about how this church is doing Snapchat better than anybody. It's always using new mediums mm -hmm. that give awareness to your mission at hand through your execution of that storytelling. And mm -hmm. so whether it's Snapchat or something else, live streaming on Facebook Live for yep. 72 straight hours, something that everybody in the world is talking about, use that platform to get you awareness over what you're doing. We had a fundraiser uh, run a campaign where he listened to Nickelback for seven straight days, day and night. He went to sleep with headphones on. He raised $35,000 in sympathy from the community. <laughs> Um, and and I, I would say I would totally agree with that. We gave, we gave our Snapchat to a team in Berlin a few days ago who did a takeover of Charity Water Snapchat and they were running marathons and banging on yellow jerry can stuff that we would have never thought of. They were spray painting creating jerry content. cans, creating art, creating content. In, I, I know I've got to run, I know you've got to run, but in the last two minutes, what's that? You're fine. Okay, in the last couple of minutes here, what did we not cover for the Vayner Nation to know about you, Charity Water? Um, yeah. So 10 years, you know, we're getting reflective. Uh, we've helped 6.1 million people out of 660 million. So we're about 1% of the global problem. Is that crippling to you? Like, you, I'm know, not, like, you know what, let's go. Yeah. Since, <laughs> I, since I just said I had a minute or two, I'm sitting here and thinking about, I'm very fortunate because I've been close enough to watch, and we don't hang out every day, but I'm watching, right? Boy, you've hustled. And for me to say you've hustled, like, that 96 be, flights you know, <laughs> you know, like to me that's like a very difficult place to go. For me to like put one on, I respect your hustle, that's hard for me to go there. I really respect your hustle. For as hard as you grind, 
for as many conversations, selling people one by one, selling the story, biz devving. How many flights a year in your prime? Almost a hundred. Yeah, I mean, 96. and these are not like what I do. Like, hey, let me yeah, go to Atlanta. We've never bought a business class ticket in the history of the order. So, like, you know, I've really watched from afar, and very honestly, and this is a good opportunity for me to say this publicly. You did such a good job selling me. My level of cynicism starting off is like, when's the other shoe gonna drop, right? We've talked about this on a personal level. I get it from the business advice. And then I started having kids, and then we're <laughs> But you know, it was interesting to watch. For as hard as you've hustled, for as talented as you've done, for all these crazy names that have been associated, for all the, all the big impacts, the, the charity events, the, the, the gala, in the w- different ways you've done it, you know, boy, for everybody who's watching that I say patience, 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 it's gotta be a little bit disheartening that you're a decade in and 1% of the problem. I don't believe, knowing how ambitious you are and optimistic as I am as well, that's good enough. I don't think you would have sat there 10 years ago and if we were buddies from Hunterdon and I said, bro, weird thing, I'm a genie, in 10 years we're gonna be sitting with Indian D-Rock and I'm gonna tell you, you've, gotten, you've crushed it, you've gone as hard as you thought you were gonna go and great news, you've You've moved the needle by 1%. So it's tough. Um, you know, I, I, I actually appreciate that you asked this because most people take the other tack and they say, did you have any idea you would be so successful? Did you have any idea you guys from a cold start would raise a quarter of a billion dollars from a million people who didn't trust charity? And like, Scott, you've transformed 19,000 communities through, you know, your, your community has. You've been a catalyst to 19,000 communities in 24 countries and 6.1 million lives. And I was like, dude, I thought we'd be 10x. I, I thought you know, it would be uh, 50 million people served by now. So it's, it's hard, what's as we been, said at the been, beginning, it's challenge? hard to get people to care, bro. <laughs> like, it's hard, it does, right. it's not in your face. Like, your you're kids right. aren't drinking dirty water, your mom never walked eight hours. These people live thousands of miles away. <laughs> you're not selling them product. Yeah. They are not useful. You know, the, the poorest people trapped in the water crisis are not useful to, they're not gonna buy our let products. You, let me ask you a crazy question. It's, that it's another, another thing that nobody would ask you. I'm sitting here and I'm listening, and then I'm also thinking about all the emails I get every day. Emails that I'm on welfare, I own $400,000 for student loans, my dad died last week, and I have to provide, I get some pretty gnarly emails. I'm sure you give to a lot of them. Yeah, but that's actually not where I'm going. I'm sitting here and thinking they're watching this. And they've got their own problems. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, I sometimes think about the people that are less fortunate in my inner circle. Friends I grew up with, college buddies, relatives. This is a really funny question. I love doing what I do in a very narrow world with far more vanity and less nobleness than what you're up to, no question. Because I love the way it makes me feel by making a less t- money but making somebody emailing me and saying, you've made my business life better. I get a high from that. Do you believe, and, and this is where I'm poking at the audience, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't have a lot of money, a lot of people are in debt, yet they're very comfortable buying a $600 iPhone while still in that circumstance. Just true, let's call mm-hmm. it what it is. Do you think it's actually innately human to not understand, to not be wired. I mean, this is a real serious question for yeah. me, and I'm curious from your perspective. I, and I don't believe you actually have the answer. I want your opinion. Mm. Do you think people are inherently not selfish? Because I would say that's wrong. But do you think people don't get off or get a high from giving? Because I do, 
and I know it's my biggest advantage. I actually think I have all my things because I was blessed with the DNA of the high of giving. I, I say 5149 in business all the time. Mm-hmm. I genuinely want the leverage and the feeling of giving more than getting in return because I'm good. Do you think that that is an actual human hardwiring that most people, they're like, cool, whatever, bro, you're right, it's not in my face, and you don't know my problems. I need to, I need escapism, I'm gonna buy Netflix instead of helping some kid I don't know in a country that I don't care about. I think selfishness is easier in the default. I think, um, <laughs> you know, like being a, a, a dad now, like seeing how selfish my little human being is. <laughs> You know, and then and kind of training him about sharing and patience and all these like they're muscles that have to work. However, I think the more you give, the more you want to give. It unlocks something. You know, we talk here about getting addicted to giving, right? You start giving to us, right? Then you started giving to pencils. That's it. Then you started giving to other stuff, and you're like, wait, this This is kind of cool. And now I can give some time, and now I can give some connections. So it's one of those things. It's the more, and it's not about the money. There are people watching that might be able to give five dollars. What what I've been amazed at is some of the some of the people in the greatest need are the most generous, and that has what per, that is what perplexed me. We did a campaign early on with Saks Fifth Avenue, and you know it was a very simple idea, right? Women come in and buy five thousand dollar handbags. Let's also get them to sponsor water projects. You thought well, this was going to be a home run? Well, it was. However, what was the most inspiring thing that Saks wound up raising seven hundred thousand dollars to their community, but the employees in the Jackson, Mississippi call center started selling their personal jewelry to raise enough money so that a well could be built on behalf of the call center. And the CEO is like, these people are, many of them are minimum wage. It's the rich that are supposed to be giving. It's the women that are, you know, maybe buying a $5,000 handbag that would feel guilty that people, no, it's, and that is, that is inspiring. So you latch on to that. It's like the widow's might. Those are the stories that we are talking about 2000 years later. You know, that, that people are compelled. So I think giving is an exercise. The more you do, give time, give talent, give money. The more you do, um, the more you want to do. And the more it changes you for the better. The more it changes your family. The, the more it, it impacts your legacy. Thanks for everything, dude. Of course. Every guest uh, gets to uh, ask the question yeah. of the day. And a lot of people answer. What question do you have for the audience? Okay. A question. Yeah. A question that you would like insight yeah. to. Instead of, in, look. You, your being, this whole mm-hmm. show hopefully inspires a small group to maybe do something. Instead of that route, is there something you generally like some insight on where yeah. hundreds and hundreds of people could leave comments yes. on Facebook and YouTube? So our challenge is we've gotten a million people to give once over the decade. We've helped six million people. We start at zero every year. January 1, we have to go do it all over again. We have to re-inspire people. You know, I need right. to go remind him that his family is making sure. a difference. We are trying to build a monthly giving program. We are trying to build a subscription program and innovate. And we actually don't know how yet. The sponsor child model, everybody is familiar with. 30 years ago, a bunch of charities said, if I hook Gary up with a kid, Sally. he's going to stay for 10 years Sally. until that kid, Sally. Yeah. Right? And you're not going to stop giving $38 mm-hmm. a month because Sally might be out on the street. Yeah. It was a very powerful idea, that connection. We are starting with a white piece of paper. What does... You know, what does it look like for Charity Water to take a million people who gave once and get them to give five bucks a month, a dollar a month, 30 bucks a month, a hundred bucks a month, and bring them along for the next 10 years to make a 10x impact? And we don't know what that experience is like. We have 2,470 monthly givers. We just broke a million dollars, which is, you know, about 150th of the revenue of the organization 
or the donation revenue. Um, what does the experience look like? So we'd love people could check what out the programs as yeah. business thinkers. What is the experience? What would you want? Yeah, what, what would you want you? that excites you to give seven bucks a month or thirty bucks can give one person clean water? So there's so people 30. listening. They so could 30 give thirty bucks a month. month, and at the end of the year, they gave twelve people clean water. We can show them what that does. What 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 sticks? Like where you're at six months, right, and you fall in hard times. Well, you're gonna pay your Netflix bill. You're gonna pay your Spotify bill. Here's what actually happens: people will lose their credit card and they won't re-sign up for the giving. How would we make that such a compelling program? How do we inspire people for the next decade so that instead of just the drive-by, hey, I saw this podcast, that's cool, 100%, I'll What's give 100 bucks. What's the scalable version of the birthday thing? Where it's, yeah, yep. it's, it's every month, and we can count on it and we can plan for the future. So we're piloting it, um, we got 2,470 people, we'd invite anybody to join, but if you have ideas, we have a whole team working on it. You keep asking questions this man will continue to change the world.